Hello and welcome to the Anfield Wrap. Uh, this might seem somewhat unlikely. Earlier today, at 11.18, we effectively started the Anfield Wrap after Salzburg came through as Liverpool's opponents in the last 16 of the Champions League. We chatted for 10 minutes at the start of the Anfield Wrap about Salzburg versus Liverpool. We were really pleased with the draw. We weren't that committed to the idea of a trip to Salzburg, but then Mike Gerling made the point about the wider world and where that would be at that sort of stage. All very, very fair from Mike. We got on with the show. We talked about Aston Villa. We looked ahead to Newcastle. We ended the show. We come out from the back of the show to find out that the draw might not count. John Gibbons, <laughs> it's fair to say the Anfield App Mondays for all of us are finely calibrated machines. It is fair to say that and it is fair to say that UEFA in amongst all of this, the grist in the Anfield Wrap mill is absolutely enormous, but all you can do is laugh. Yeah, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a mad Monday, hasn't it? Uh, to throw all that in, obviously, you know, you mentioned uh, Mike talking about the, the way the world is. We've sort of started uh, a mixture of sort of home and um, office working at the moment. So we've got different people in different times. So a normal Monday is busy, but this time it feels like even more like you're trying to plan everything and, and people not being together sort of if they need to be. And, and all that's gone to pot as well, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's, it's sort of all hands on deck trying to uh, make things happen and, and, and try to do everything that we need to. So, yeah, it's been wild, I'm sure. You know, we're not the only people over here pulling their hair out. And everyone's grafted brilliantly. I think on this, what I don't want to do, I, listen, we'd rather have had Salzburg. I'm looking at the Inter Milan team here. It looks like a good side. Uh, they are the champions of Italy, the back top of Serie A. So they're probably better than Milan. And the players, you know, uh, the, at the weekend, they had uh, Handanovic in goal, uh, Skriniar, uh, De Vrij, Bastoni at the back, Dumfries right wing back, Perisic left wing back, Barella, uh, Brozovic. Uh, the, the the Turkish lad whose surname I can't see the end of, which is annoying, Martinez uh, and Sanchez. I know who the Turkish lad is, I've seen him play football. These are good players on the bench there as well. Uh, they've got Kolarov, they've got Dzeko, they've got Fashino, uh, they've got Ranocchia, they've got Vidal. They're not, this is a better side than Salzburg, let's be clear about that. But the one thing I haven't quite got the energy for, John, is to be absolutely livid with UEFA in that, yes, they've absolutely cocked up in front of the whole football world, but that should probably sort of just be the end of the matter. I think Real Madrid have got more to be cross about than Liverpool. And, and look, Real Madrid will be crossed, yeah, because they got a, 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 obviously a, you know, a nicer draw. And, and, and they were out first before the controversy. Yeah, and so so they'll be full of grief too. But for Liverpool, you know, we could have got into, you know, first up, you know, that can sort of happen. You know, it is, it is a draw. We, you know, Salzburg would have been nice. Inter Milan instead will still be favourites to beat them. I mean, some of those names, you know, people recognise. You know, I feel like we've been playing Jekyll in the Champions League <laughs> since since we went back in it. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, uh, which which is which is a bit wild. But you know, a lot of those, you know, it's it's an agent team, isn't it? You know, you talk about Alexis Sanchez. You know, and, it's a team they haven't been able to refresh. Yeah, exactly. And so they, they are now top. I've just said on a video that AC Milan were top, but I've noticed there that they've they've sort of fallen behind it into so into sort of replaced them. A couple of eye-catching results. You know, recently as well, you know, they won 4-0 at the weekend, but the, the one uh, against Roma, I did see, uh, we're always a little bit on Jose watch, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to, to go to Roma, a decent team and beat them 3-0, it uh, was very impressive. But Mike made the point on the now uh, defunct, um, you know, Anfield Rap intro, but that I will I will sort of steal uh, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a side credit to Mike, is that, you know, you don't know how the world's going to be, you don't know yep. how the team's going to be. So where, where we're into Milan are, you know, sort of going into this game in February in terms of, well, they have fans in the state, Stadiums, you know, what kind of form would they be in at sort of that time? We don't know 
really this the sort of last draw that, that you have where it's you know it's effectively a couple of months until until the games and so we'll see where both teams are at by then but it's an interesting one you know I mean everyone enjoyed the San Siro didn't they they were all sort of buzzing off at everyone who went and so uh, maybe the same people but hopefully obviously some new ones will be able to go and enjoy that magnificent stadium again and then it's second leg at Anfield which is bigger as well yeah I think it helps us second leg at Anfield I think the idea of you not knowing quite where we're all going to be at that stage I think that is something to remember there can be injuries for us and for them but I think also the, there are variables uh, in the way in which you know football operates form does come and go for some players I don't think it looks like this season Mohamed Salah's got any interest in that uh, he's not interested in your form appearing and disappearing he's very very committed but other players as well in there I think the it's it's a heftier tie and I think we have to acknowledge that it is a heftier tie and I think it, you know if, if, if Liverpool are frustrated um, internally I'd, I'd quite like this is why it's important to be able to laugh at things, I think. I think this is why it's important to be able to go, you know what, Sam, we'll just beat anyone. You want to do this, do this. You want to get the draw wrong, so it's harder for us. All right, get the draw wrong, so it's harder for us. Watch what we do next. And that's what I think this side's been really, really good at this year. I mean, for God's sake, they managed to get a deal with Stuart Atwell at the weekend <laughs> and his vicissitudes. You know, there's, there, is a, there is, I think, this, this side at the minute, you get the impression they'll just shrug it off. They'll just laugh about it. I'd like to think so anyway. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they should do it. Look, there's not a huge discrepancy as well between, you know, if we'd have, if we'd have gone from the, you know, the real, outsiders you know somebody just snuck through everyone's wondering how on earth that's happened to a situation where suddenly you've got the toughest team you know but there's one there's one brilliant side if somehow managed second they'll finish second because they had a really tough group and then you've got them something like that you know you would be sort of feeling it beat them home and away yeah this situation you know it is it is a tougher draw but it's still one that we'll fancy ourselves you know yes they've got above AC Milan on the table now and you said the squad on paper looks a little bit better but they'll be thinking well there's there's similar sorts of that Milan side we've just beat them home and away they'll be feeling good about it you know with it's the other side of Afcon, you know, and so so there's you know interesting sorts of things things there in terms of you know we talk about not knowing what where we're going to be in form and things like that. There's a, there's a lot happens between now and then. But listen, we're in it, and you know you made the points before before on some content which we might put out or otherwise I don't know. We're in this tournament to win it this year, and that's what, that's the focus. You know, I loved the Mo Salah interview a few weeks ago where someone asked him about goals, and he said, "I want to win the league in Champions League. That's what that's what I'm doing for." Yeah. You know, and however many goals I get is fine. I know Jurgen Klopp is so focused on getting this Champions League back. You know, it, it, it you know, it, and it's driving all of them. You feel like at the moment, and so these are all I think to to management and players just sort of small points along the way of where they think they need to get to be and where they're confident they will get. Uh, so what's going to happen now, if you're watching it as a video, uh, we will probably put either the opening credits on or just dive into the room. If you're listening to this as audio, we will suddenly be in the room with Ian Ryan and Mike Gerling. Thank you very much to them uh, and apologies to them for cutting their absolutely epic, tremendous... Honestly, the things Ian Ryan knew about Salzburg. Gerling <laughs> uh, made some great points. Yeah, honestly, you should have, should have seen them, should have heard them. It was a, it was a delight, uh, but as it is now, they're going to instead get stuck into the mire that was Aston Villa at home. It wasn't a mire. Liverpool deserved to win it comfortably. All of that is to come in a second or two. Thank you for being patient not just with us, but I think in general with, with everyone in the wider thing here today. It's been one where, you know what I mean, Red Men did the first one live and I was thinking, oh, poor Paul and Chris there, they've gone all the way through, probably stopped and then someone's gone, lads, lads, we might need to come back in here. We just put them all out together in 50 years, like get back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not that we're self-aggrandising or anything, uh, just to be crystal clear. So, uh, ultimately, now the Anfield rap's going to start. But as John was saying, we're in this for one thing and one thing only. And that's that Liverpool win the Champions League. Move on, and we'll talk about Liverpool 1, Aston Villa nil, And John, it's a solid win that 
ultimately could have been more. I think you you live those games, and when you're living them, and you're seeing a bit of Aston Villa pressure, and they did put the pressure on, I thought, quite impressively, from about 75 to, to 82, 83. They penned Liverpool back. They, I'm sure that all of our inner, inner chimps were out. I know mine was. But ultimately, they don't really test the goalkeeper by that one little kerfuffle at the front of his own box. There's no big save. There's no big chance. Liverpool repel them, and if anything, 1-0 should have been 2-0 or 3-0, rather than 1-0 should have become 1-1. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, he only tested himself, really, Alisson, <laughs> at the weekend, didn't he? Uh, maybe just wanted to, to, to live it live in his afternoon up a little bit. I mean, you, you look at what Villa do in that 7-8 or minute period and think, well, maybe they could have had a go earlier and stuff like that. But I think what we need to sort of you know, get used to a little bit more. And it happened at Wolves last week is teams are just frightened of us. You know what I mean? And it's good teams now. It's not just, you know, the bottom of the league coming to Anfield, you know, and, and not just at Anfield either. It's, you know, Wolves are a good side. They played us at home and they were terrified. And and Villa was the same. Do you know what I mean? Gerard was going in stuffing. I just don't want to get walloped. I just don't want to get walloped. And so, you know, he was almost chipping at 1 0. And he also had the, well, we could have had a penalty as well and stuff like that to go for. You know, he'll feel that's a win for that team. Do you know what I mean? Just going there, you know, especially so, so. So short, short into into his reign, and so so I think we, you know, unfortunately, gonna have to get used to a lot of a lot of spoiling tactics, a lot of teams just trying to sort of ruin the game as much as possible because they just want to get out there without a hiding. And I think you know that's what also as fans we'll have to start getting used to a little bit more. But also you know obviously the players, and I think they're they're dealing with it. You know what I mean? They they they're finding ways. You know, it's it's mad weather at the moment. As well, well, I was gonna I was gonna throw that over over yeah. Yeah, both games as as, as well. Jürgen sort of been banned from talking about the weather about the English press hasn't he but you know they'll be on to it and so it's tough at the moment so grinding these one nils is fine that's what we're doing we'd all like more we'd all like a more comfortable last five minutes uh, than what we got but at the end of the day it's it, it, it's it's you know it's, it's keeping these wins going and it's a, it's a tidy little run now on the on the sly and, and it was a big December and we're four from four four and, and that's great too the weather yeah. was I think, again, and it does feel like Jürgen's been banned for talking about the weather. I think the extent to which the weather plays a part in that game, in every single sense, I think it's part of why the referee is absolutely dreadful, to be honest with you, is that he can't he can't quite work out what's what with the way in which the weather's impacting the game. He's slipping and he's not, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, I know where you sit, Mike. Uh, so the wind, very gladly, uh, from our point of view, was going in the opposite direction. Literally, people in the main stands were getting drenched yeah. as the wind was getting blown that way. It was yeah. pouring down. The weather was a massive factor in the game. I think so. And something I don't know if you boys noticed, but the ball wasn't rolling properly on the Pitch. Yeah, it was the ball was sticking. It, you could tell it. It was getting biffed by you know really twatted by Thiago and stuff like that, and it was just dragging on the on, on the on the on the grass. And I think that had a big impact, especially around the box, where we are super fast. Yeah. And, and so I think I think I think the weather had a massive impact. That game is the sort of game that we'd normally win four or five nil, I think, but it just didn't quite happen at the end because I think defensive midfield we were just really like you know world class in terms of domination but it just didn't quite happen right in the final third and that could be a lot to do with the speed of the pitch but of all separately it could also have had a lot to do with Chamberlain as a number nine he's not a number nine and so you know the movement's slightly different the the the, the spaces that are taken up are slightly different you know and maybe that was it maybe it was just something as simple as that right you know but it's like I say on a normal day with that kind of relentless pressure I mean, it was like Rourke's drift for most of that game in terms of just power and power on top of them. And it was like, they're going to fold at some point. I was always confident they were going to fold at some point. But uh, I just think maybe it was just one of those two things or probably those two things, which meant, meant it wasn't an absolute battering. 
Chamberlain toils, Ian, he really does. He doesn't shirk, he's showing for the ball all the time. But as Mike says, I actually think you get to see, and it's it's quite rare to get a genuine case study of something in football that works with, with no mitigating circumstances, where you get to see the difference between a number nine who can act as a bit of a false nine and do loads of good attacking midfield work versus a good attacking midfielder who just doesn't have number nine instincts. In a really basic way, there's a point in the first half where Martinez is time-wasting after the ball's been passed back to him. And Chamberlain doesn't go and close him down. Yeah. And it actually takes Salah shouting at him to say, go and close him down. And that can sound really basic, mm. but it is as simple as, this isn't normally my job, mate. Sorry, I've forgotten that. that <laughs> yeah. And he's probably thinking someone needs to go. Someone, yeah, someone needs to sort that out. Why is no one sorting <laughs> But no, that's, but that, I think all the way through the game, that's what I got from it, Ian, is, is, is that he really was, he really was an, an attacker midfielder pressed into service, not a centre forward who's trying to do other bits a bit better than normal. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really fair. You know, every time I seem to look up and notice Chamberlain, he was so far from the goal. And as you said, you know, when you're involved in the emotion of the game, natural instincts will inevitably kick in and you'll just end up being in places where you feel most comfortable. And I think that's what happens. And listen, it was one that I probably had to go with because Jota wasn't fit enough to start. There was no Origi and Firmino. Was on do you think if he had back. a time again, he might do Minamino from the outset? You know what, he might do, but I think with Minamino, I'm not quite sure he's that either to be honest in terms of I think he's, he's he's much better a little bit deeper as well so um, I know when he was first kind of when he first came in people talked about maybe being a replacement for Firmino I don't think he is that um, I don't think he's got a lot of the skill set that Firmino's got I think it's fairly obvious in saying that and I think he also just likes to drift and get in little pockets and stuff which Firmino can do of course but I think it's having the ability and the awareness to know when to go um, we talked about on other shows you know I think Firmino's actually looked at little bits of Joss's game at times and started to put himself in the penalty area a little bit more than maybe he did last season um, but he did toil and it didn't really work for him which is a bit of a shame because he is on the back of a number of weeks where in midfield he's done really really well I think on the wider point about the kind of performance that, that John was alluding to I was absolutely delighted with the with the win I think you look at that game you look at the Wolves game and don't get me wrong it doesn't get any better than going to, to Goodison or Old Trafford and putting them to the sword but when you talk about what a title challenge feels like and what you've got to do to get over the line. This Liverpool team, it reeks of it. It smells of a title challenge to go and do what they did in those conditions. Gerard talked about in his post-match, it was the one with, with Michael Owen, and he said he didn't want to go that deep. He didn't want to be that deep. People were giving him a lot of stick on social media saying he's come, he's played negative football, he's done all this, he's done all that. He's been there four games, by the way, before the weekend, so let's give him a bit of a fucking chance. But he comes and... He has to do what he has to do because Liverpool are good. Liverpool are really, really good. Without creating tons and tons of chances where Martinez is literally pulling off worldies, we dominated. We didn't let them out. They didn't have a shot on target. It's a really, really strong performance by Liverpool and Villa could not get out. And that was Gerard's point. We didn't want to be that deep. We were forced into being that deep. I just, to your point, no, I, I disagree with you there, mate. I think Minamino, I'd only want to see Minamino in that position for us up front because I think he can finish. He's got he's got to finish his instinct, and um, but I don't think he's fast enough or strong enough. That's my issue, Mag. I don't think he's got a physical presence not, to be able to do some of the bits you want to put on the ball, and he can't win a ball back, and he isn't very fast. And I think you've got to be able to do one of those things really in our midfield, at least probably both. Um, but he can. He does know where the back of the net is, and so I think I would actually play him over Chamberlain in that situation. But I wouldn't have him a regular. By any means, but I definitely think he can do a job there for us. No, I think I think that's I think I think over if you're talking about over Chamberlain, then yeah, I can see the sense in it. I think that's the problem with Minamino. Where do you play him? I think he's almost caught between mm. a couple of different stools at times where he's not robust enough to be in the mid, to be in the midfield. But also when you think about a number nine, the things you've got to deal with, physical challenge, mm. you look at him and think, is he up to that as well? He almost fits in between the two. 
Um, the thing that happens that's maybe a little bit different, John, from from other games this season, I'm thinking maybe about Brentford, maybe a little bit harshly, but it felt to me like a bit of a switch was flicked, where it really was a genuine, at 75 when Villa do put the pressure on, Liverpool went nothing daft. Absolutely nothing daft. A number of times, Robertson, I think, especially just hammers it into the stand when he could maybe try to pick a little ball out down the line, but he just thinks, no, I'll put that in there, let them have the throw, we get our shape and we'll start again. And I think that you got a bit more of that from Liverpool. I think Van Dijk's got a no-nonsense performance. I think Joel Matip has got a performance that when nonsense is possible, my God, he's doing it. But he, when he needed to be, he was very, very robust as well. I think even Alexander-Arnold through the matches is prepared to, to, to just empty things. And I think that is a little bit of a difference from maybe, maybe eight, nine games ago. Yeah, I think they feel like they're, they're almost in the business the end of the season already. You know, we've joked about, oh, it's a title run already, do you know what I mean? And it feels like early for it. I think it's starting to feel like that for them, really. They're seeing, you know, what City are doing in terms of, you know, they're, they're on one more win than us currently on in, in this run, aren't they? I think we're five in a row, they're six. And, you know, it just sort of suddenly feels like that to them now. I think, you know, the Milner sub is, is, is stinks of that as well, doesn't yeah. it? It's like, here's James Milner to come on to kick people and or balls, and he's not bothered which one. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, he, he just comes on and, and, and just just you know sees the game out really like it's a final or a, or, a, yeah. or a semi really and, and you know it's great to have him able to do that. But as you say, Neil, the you know the individuals on the on the pitch who are already there have you know they've they've done this before now as well, which I think is is, is worth pointing out as well. You know they've done they've done a title win, they've done the, the one the year before, which doesn't quite get there, but but still has that sort of feeling of you know we need to need to win. You know there's, there's times as Ian says where we'll batter teams. There's other times where you know we'll need to grind. But if this team can do both, they'll take some stopping, and and that's what you sort of see, you know, at the, at the weekend with them really, and just winning the battles as well, you know what I mean? And like, you know, the the performance wasn't wasn't perfect. I don't think it could be, you know, in the situ in the situation, but big players won their battles at key times. Watkins scored four goals against Liverpool last season. Ian uh, Matip, he goes and plays. I think he's trying to play behind Matip between Matip and Trent a lot of the game. He's trying to get over there. Players. <coughs> thought Matip was excellent again yeah. in terms of both the stride now. So the stride now will always catch your eye. The pass that he's got now, that pass that's either whipped round to Arnold or the one bang into to attacking midfielders' feet. You know, these are great passes. But first and foremost, he just plays really well as a central defender and Watkins gets very little out of him. And as I say, Watkins will have turned up there thinking, I've, I've had the better of Liverpool. I can I can do this today. There'll have been a real sense of purpose from him and he gets no change out of Joel Matip. No, absolutely. And I think... One of the good things that Watkins does, if you're looking at it from a Villa point of view, he takes with really clever positions at times. He, he almost positions himself in between full-back and centre-half, where inevitably the centre-half engages and gets dragged out a little bit. He's really good at doing that and then squaring them up. You've seen him do it a couple of times this season. He's had a little finish into the far post. Um, good player. Um, I think he's, he's, he's looked like he's doing really well under Gerrard. Looked like maybe he was going to, wouldn't say stale, but he'd started the season maybe a little bit slower. Um, but Liverpool handled him really, really well. I mean, I say Billy didn't get a shot on target, which is you know testament to how well we did. We did shield the, the keeper and, and, and play in terms of a back four. And I think we took about the back four they obviously are all very, very good as defenders. You've talked about Joel Masters' attributes there. He was brilliant again. Technically on the ball, they're all excellent. They're all 9 out of 10. They're all superb footballers. And I think that's what Jürgen Klopp wants from his defence. He wants them to be able to start attacks. I mean, some of the things Joel Matip's doing, I mean, you're just waiting for that moment. And it may come where he's completely just never stops and just keeps carries on going and ends up knocking one into the top corner. There was one on on the weekend where he goes so far and he thinks, no one's stopping me. I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. He's got that in his locker. 
Um, and it is a little bit kind of unusual to see a centre half doing that uh, in the way he does it. Um, but he does it with with such purpose. Um, and as I say, it's something that teams are, are finding quite difficult to stop because once he gets into his stride, he's very much into his stride. Uh, and it was another it was another really really strong performance from Joel. The rumours of Andy Johnson, uh, Andy, Andy Johnson, Andy Robertson's passing were greatly exaggerated. Mike is Shimakas has put him under some pressure for his position, uh, and the way in which he's responded has been exemplary. He's not quite as as as, as integral in an attacking sense for Liverpool as he has been in this game against Villa, but he he absolutely works himself into the ground. He makes himself constantly available, and again, not dissimilar to Jean Matip, he wins his battles. Villa will get no change out of him. Yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> I think there, there was, you know, he, his passing. It's, it's not really passing; it's assists. His passing's fine. It was until he got until we got into the opposition box, and then the assists were going a bit awry. And it was most notable against West Ham, wasn't it? Their best attacks came from his cutbacks, basically. But um, I think in this game, what I think what was most notable for me from lately is his work rate has gone back up. I think he was probably carrying a knock, to be fair. And his work rate, all their work rate was amazing. As soon as we lost the ball, it was it was phenomenal to see, actually. And it wasn't just the defence. All the midfielders were on top of them. They never got a second as soon as we lost the ball. And that's great. That kind of, you know, um, full throttle. It's, pro- it's proper Jurgen Klopp heavy metal football, isn't it, really? It's the, 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 what we originally saw when he first came, almost. But we can defend as well now, kind of thing. So it's an interesting um, development, really, or, you know, in, in maturity of, of where the team is. But, yeah, no, I think Robertson, his pressing was in, is incredible. His work rate was incredible. And he just wants a few assists now, doesn't he, really? I think the other thing he wants, John, is, and, and you know, listen, it's not for me to tell them what they should be working on. The, the, the nail on this, Liverpool are on a great run. I'd love them to have a shot back across goal. Oh, yeah. I think there's three no, or four to keep. do that. Yeah. And just to that point, sorry, Neil, because um, Trent does it now. He has that shot, you know, that cross shot across goal because the worst thing that can happen is the keeper makes a really good save or usually parry, they usually parry it out. It's, mm. it's, it's like a really good percentage shot to have that with a fullback in the box banging it across the goal. They usually parry it out, the keepers, do you know what I mean? So he's got to start doing that. Yeah, it's a good point from both of you because what's interesting is he takes on the header, doesn't he? And the header's like, it's nearer, but it's a harder chance to score yeah. from there. And he nearly does creep in because of the deflection. And so he nearly sort of gets a you know bit of luck from that. But, you know, I'm thinking there when it go, when it goes to him, like, oh, it's tough to score if, you know, if on, on your header, that type of ball, do you know what I mean? Unless you're like, you know, really sort of good near, like a man or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's tough there. So he, so he takes that on. But the shot, like even though it's faded out, it's, it's an easier chance because you're coming onto it. He's got a clear sight of goal. You he can get a touch and get out of his feet. Yeah, yeah. And so it is. It is strange that he's not that he's that he's not really because he can't hit them. Um, I've seen him hit them more for Scotland, I think. But you know, he, he can sort of hit those really. And he felt like he was coming into his game about a year ago, and then it, and then it sort of drifted out. And I don't know whether it's just in his head a little bit about a quality of chances. You know, who's who's there? Is someone in a better position or whatever? But you know, sometimes even if you're that far out, if you if you if you know you can get a good strike on it, as I say, if it's open, and it was there was there was there wasn't any defence between him and the goal, and yeah, I think looking back, he probably wished to did it hit those, and especially in the you know talking about the conditions as well, you know if you can if you can fist that along, you know for the keeper, it's it's a nightmare to deal with. I want to talk about the big fella at centre half? Um, I didn't even put him on the agenda, which is quite sloppy of me. I was just reading it there, thinking where is it? There's the question on him. In the same way that I watched, I watched Wolves versus um, I watched Wolves versus Manchester City, and we watched Wolves last week. And a point was made, uh, I think I was, I was watching it with Steve, and Steve said it must be really difficult for, for, for his manager, uh, the Wolves manager, Largate, to work out where Jimenez is. The sort of injury he had, you know, the, the, what, is that still impacting his game? He doesn't look to me to look like the player he was prior to that, but that could just be the circumstances around him. He's lost Jota, his partner. 
but he, do, he looks like he's lost a teeny bit of pace and that might be a funny thing to say with a head injury but he hasn't been able to train he just doesn't look quite the same player at what point do we just do we just sort of get to say about Virgil he's just back to be Virgil now because I don't think he's that far away at all I think there's been a couple of times this season where we've gone it'll take him a bit of time and all of this I just saw a Virgil van Dijk performance against Aston Villa there I saw one that we were seeing in 1920 and 1819 I didn't see anything to make me go when's Virgil going to be back to full Virgil no, it feels like all the bits are there. Um, I mean, you see his contribution against Wolves where he, he sets up the goal because he plays that ball out to Salah, which, you know, for us, that was a huge miss, not having the ability to get out quickly uh, and spray those passes. He's got a, you know, that excellent passing range. Um, I think there's been one or two times now where I've looked at Virgil and it's it's inevitable, really, that he, he hasn't looked quite his old self. There's going to be a little bit of, you know, just getting back into the rhythm of things um, on the back of an injury such as the one he had. I mean... I almost felt like, and he's probably the exception to the rule, really. I almost felt like he he may come back and just pick up one or two niggles because that tends to happen. You know, it's happened with Joe Gomez, it happened with Laporte over at City. You get them back in after a long term and the body's overcompensating and you, you pull up with something else. But no, not of it at all. He's an absolute machine. And again, he's probably unlucky with his booking, I'd certainly say. At the weekend. I mean, the referee, I mean, he started off poorly and it didn't get any better unfortunately and the one that he, he booked Virgil for I mean, I mean it may have been a foul but it was nothing more than that um, it was ridiculous from uh, from Atwell to be honest and yeah I mean I think with Virgil as well we're not just talking about ability are we we're talking about someone who, who kind of sets the line and just sets the tone as well and I just think there's an air of comfort when he's there you feel better as a fan watching the game and I'm sure it's the same for the players as well yeah. uh, in terms of what he brings you know he's he's not necessarily the captain but I think he exudes that kind of captain air if you like that captaincy air that confidence and stuff and um, he's if he's not back to his best, he's not far off it, I would suggest. He's not far off it. Um, it was another really, really strong performance. And again, you know, if you're Villa and you come up against the likes of Matip and the likes of Virgil in that form, it's a hell of an afternoon for Watkins. As good as he did, it's a tough afternoon. That. There was someone um, I saw who'd, who'd been to the, the game and had not been for a while. And I think it was on our Facebook subscribers group. I can't remember exactly where I read it, but they said the biggest thing they noticed from going was Virgil van Dijk like how good he is do you know what I mean I thought that was quite interesting really because you know we, we're, we're all lucky we go a lot there's you know season tickets and stuff like that and I'm not saying we take Virgil for granted because obviously we don't although you know you missed it off the agenda Neil <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but no but jokes aside we don't do you know what I mean we know how sort of brilliant he is but I just thought it was really interesting that, that this person I say I think it was on our Facebook subscribers group did a bit of a write up of the day and said the biggest thing they noticed the biggest takeaway for them was that Virgil like he's unreal isn't he do you know what I mean in the flesh and, and he is he's He's just like he's superhuman almost. Did he misplace a long pass? Oh, the passing was. Did he misplace one? Yeah. I don't think he did. I mean, who who you can you tell me another centre half in our league who can do that? But they don't even have to check. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not like I'm saying it's to feet. Yeah. It's perfect. It's like seventy yards to feet. Yeah. Can you can can anyone think of another centre half who can do that? I can't. Mm. I literally can't think of one. And so I think he might well have lost a little bit of pace with his injury because you usually do with it with it with cruciate ligament injuries. You usually lose a little bit of pace. But he can probably deal with that because of the way he plays. He, he reads the game better anyway. So he, him more than probably any other centre as we can, you can probably put up with him losing a little bit of pace because I think he might have done it. Don't quote me on that, right? But, <laughs> but, but his passing is unbelievable. He, he's like, he's just as good as Thiago, a long ball, you know, and there's, there's nobody like that. That's like having another midfielder in your team, right? Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that Virgil somewhere today is now saying to Pep Linders, I want to do some sprints. I've got a point to prove to get. Uh, <laughs> Fabinho has his sort of afternoon, John. 
there's a chance again in a really weird way with last season in all the ways it was weird us not being in the ground being one of them the defensive crisis Fabinho was impeccable in his position from effectively the whole of 2019 and moving into 2020 when he was fit from a Liverpool point of view there's a chance just a chance he's gone up a level and we sort of all haven't noticed because either there hasn't been the onus on him around that but he's he's coming into the age where the lad who plays that sort of position gets better and better he might already have been the best one in the world and I thought Saturday was a really good example not against stunning opposition don't get me wrong but where he just makes it all look so easy yeah I think he likes this midfield you know we've talked quite a bit recently about you know the midfielders and who they pick to play alongside and stuff like that I think Fabinho he really likes Thiago and obviously they all love Henderson and I think there's I think he's he's enjoying himself and one of the reasons for that is I think he feels like he can go out and press a little bit higher whereas before you know with how we were playing I mean he was playing at centre half at times last season obviously but you know how we were playing but also he was alongside but I think he felt like he had to stay a little bit and that sort of limits the Fabinho brilliance really you don't want him as you know they, they, I know they call him the lighthouse and all that but you don't necessarily want him like stationary sat above um, the, the defence he can do that don't get me wrong but he's much better when he's able to to just drift a little bit up and go out and press and I think it's more more. I'm talking more sort of off the ball here yeah. but obviously you know you see some of his clip clip passing and stuff like that and, and it's incredible but I think you know with, with the other two he's, he's got a bit more of the confidence to say well I'm just going to go out and, pre- and press you know they're like get him get him there defensive midfielder's head he won't be expecting that and he's not going to like it with his big long legs and, and we saw that a few times there was the one where where the, the, the Chamberlain shot where, where, where yeah. they just go out and, and their midfield by the way came with a little bit of hype um, to, 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 to Anfield at the weekend you know people talking about you know how good they were how combative they were yeah robust I kept saying it all the way through a really yeah. robust midfield but they, they, they didn't want to know the other way yeah. did we and, and there's one where we press that lad that much he ends up getting booked and we still get the shot away do you know what I mean it's like, it's like the way I think that was the Chamberlain one wasn't yeah. it where he ends up just yeah. having, he just he just hacks right he just hacks them down and, and but, but, but Chamberlain just sort of picks it up and, and, got, and goes through and he's Actually, you know, you see on the replays, it's much closer than than I thought that one. But but yeah, we we match them for intensity, we match them for the other stuff. And then obviously, when they do that, the quality just sort of shines through. But so I think all three midfielders were good. But I agree with you on Fabinho. But I think he's enjoying almost the greater protection, which is funny because he's the one who's who's in the team sort of for that really. But I think he feels like, oh, I can just go out to do that. And if and if they by any chance mm-hmm. do manage to get around me, then the other boys will sort it. That's our best midfield, isn't it? I think so at the moment. That's our best midfield. Mm. I don't think there's a better midfield anywhere, though. Anywhere. You know, it's midfield three. I can't think of anyone better than that. I would agree with that. And I think that almost plays into maybe when, when Klopp was thinking about Chamberlain. I think he's probably aware that he's been in quite decent form and he's thinking, well, how can I give him a game? Yeah. This is an opportunity to give him a game, albeit in a position he doesn't really want to play. But also the conditions might have come into that, thinking, well, Chamberlain's good from 25 yards. It's wet conditions and we only get one off in the end and it goes over the bar. But maybe that was some of the thinking around it. Now, the games are coming thick and fast, so we might get more opportunities. But I think Mike's point there about the midfield, you know, the balance looks really, really good. The manager talked after the game about that balance and obviously Fabino will sit deep, you know, Thiago will join him at times in a deep role, get on the ball, do his bits from there. When he's going forward, he's not quite got the license of Jordan Henderson. So the manager talked about Henderson's new role, in, if you like, where he's able to go a bit further forward and play uh, with Salah and play with Trent much more closely. Left-hand side, it's more Robertson and Mane together as a two. Right-hand side, slightly different. And you see that from the goal in terms of that's the build-up. Those three players, Henderson, Trent and Salah, and that's where the goal comes from when when Salah squares up Tyrone Mings. And Mings, I give him a lot of stick on some of these shows because I don't think he's a particularly great defender. 
but he'd had an okay, if not better than okay, 60 minutes because he's okay when balls are just coming in the box. He can just get rid of them and empty them. That's what he's about. The minute you get good technical footballers in around someone like Tyrone Mings, there's a very, very good chance he's going to do something very silly. And that's what he did. Salah did really well for the goal. Um, he's clever, but that's not to suggest in any way, shape or form that it wasn't a penalty. It's stonewall. It's clumsy. It's brilliant from Mohamed Salah. It is clumsy. For all we adore, the pair of them, Mane and Salah, Mike, they're incredible footballers, but they also don't give defenders a minute's peace with them without the ball on top of everything else. They don't try and glide through games. Mm. They're in the muck and bullets of games, and I thought you saw that one there. They're pinning people back, but they just don't let anyone out. Salah's horrible. Yeah. He is horrible. You can't you can't imagine what it must be like to be a fan of an opposing team watching Salah. It's just a nightmare to play against. He's just he's all over you. Like all over the fullbacks, all over the midfielders. And it's and he and he's aggressive. He's a horrible player to play, you know. And he hasn't been scoring goals lately and his finishing's been a bit suspect, but he never stops. He never hides, which is what's brilliant about them. And Sellers, you know, he's he's not he had a penalty and you know he but he, you know his finishing wasn't up to it. We had a lot of chance in the box that we fluffed our lines with yesterday, but ne- they never stop. But on but of, of them both, Marnie must he's just honestly, you can't imagine how horrible he is to play against. <laughs> he's just ugh, he's got like ten arms and ten legs. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. the, if, at times, John, you're watching them and, and this is where I do have a little bit of sympathy at times for, for, for referees even, and as I say, I thought the referee on Saturday was absolutely abject. This is not to stick up for Stuart Atwell in any way, shape or form. But the thing with both Salah and Mane is they are so happy in those conditions. Maybe in a sense at times it might be even too happy mm-hmm. to just go, let's make it horrible then. You want it to be horrible, you watch this. They put the body everywhere, get themselves in front. And as, as Mike says, it's at times, Mane especially, but I think Salah does it as well. It's like they're made of elbows. They're just, they'll back into you, they'll find little pockets, they'll they'll look to turn you, then you you might nick it back and then somebody's hairing at you and the best you can do is put it out for a throw. It is, it is, it's a brutal 90 minutes of football, I think, to face them. It is, and, and I think you're right in that they relish it. I think they're almost like, you know, oh, these, these, you know, these defenders we come up against, they think, you know, oh, they think they're going to be to kick us we'll, we'll, we'll just try it you know what I mean and, and they're coming up against it and there was an interesting Thiago quote in the week where he was like I thought I trained hard but I'm in I'm in early every day and Manning and Salah are in and then I leave late and they're still there do you know what I mean they're doing the work in the gym they're toughening up you know toughening up they've already toughened up they're going to another level now do you know what I mean they're making themselves even bigger even stronger but even harder to get the ball against them the pair of them are like sort of two forwards in one really you know in terms of what they're able to do you know in terms of holding up the ball in terms of you know keeping it getting us up the pitch but then obviously once we're there you know the, the flair that did the show as well and the trickery and, and what Ian was saying before about the fast feet that defenders can't can't deal with the, the complete footballers really and for the, for the size of them you know if Sadio Mane walked in now you, you, you know what I mean we'd, we'd all tower above him wouldn't he but then you know what I mean I would pack all four of us at once to get the ball off him. <laughs> even in a tight space like this because you know I mean we'd come out better than Bruce yeah 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 My, I, I got me boosted yesterday my left arm's not up to it. <laughs> so my left, yeah, it's not, not up to it, is it's it? So it's very sore. Yeah. Uh, but get your booster. Um, <laughs> just on on all of that with them, the way in which they are. For me, I thought from a Villa point of view, he said to me, you know, who do you think did the best best performance for Villa? I'd say, but I think my target played well. The left back, I thought he did really well. Mm-hmm. Salah scores. Mm-hmm. He arguably should have another two. He's integral to everything we're doing. That's creative. You know, Matt Target comes away there, and if I was his manager, I'd say you've done brilliantly. Yeah. And Matt Target might say. Yeah, but he's 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 probably their main man. Uh, it's certainly in an attacking sense, and you just left where I think there's there's times this season where defenders have been putting in seven, eight personal, seven, eight, nine 
even 10 out of 10 performances against Salah and he's still either scored or assisted and he's still been Liverpool's most important attacker. Mm. It, that, that's what I think is really, that, that's where I think you begin to have messy levels of conversation where it is the, the opponent can play about as well as he possibly can and he still can't get near you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, if you look at any of the team on, on the weekend, I don't think anyone was kind of operating at kind of, you know, maybe even eight, nine out of 10. Um a lot of sevens in there, but you know, again, back to the conditions, back to you know, it's another game on the back of another tough game at Wolves. But I think those moments, Neil, what you've just described there, that's when the the great separate themselves from the good. The ability where you know you can't play well every game, it's impossible. No one's ever played well every game. But if you've got someone like Salah, those little tiny moments, that's what it's all about. If you're a really top player and he is uh, and then some and you know he takes his opportunity and you know he wins the game for Liverpool because on another day that does end up nil-nil and we would have deserved it but Villa would have been able to say we went there we were really kind of you know we dug in we, we sat a little bit deep yeah we time wasted we did all that but you've got to do that on Anfield to get a result um, but someone like Mohamed Salah makes that really difficult because he, he does operate in those moments where he can just completely turn it on and the left-back can have a good game for 80-85 minutes and then he'll just do something and you can't stop him. Um, and again, it was another one of those where he really kind of pulls it out for us um, and it's it's one hell of a season. What's that now? 21 goals yeah. before Christmas. It's just phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's ridiculous. And just when you think he's got to a level... Um, he almost kicks on again and it's you know he's performing now to levels that I don't think many of us saw coming you knew he was a great player you knew he was a good player um, but where he is now my god it's some it's some performance from him I think um, there's a lot of rivalry between those two I think it's great management I think you know both of them they don't they don't have a day off just because the other one's having a good game they're yeah. like I'm going to do it I'm feel doing it I'm doing it like, well, it's it's like, like, it's they're like both in the gym it's like one up once they're both in the gym they both play against Milan yeah. That's mad. You know what I mean? In terms of you're talking about they're all in the gym, they're always dead fit and you know, their personal approach to the game. They both they both have wanted to play. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're, they don't want to not play. They they even wanted to play in a dead rubber. Like I thought that was really interesting that they played in that. But in terms of Salah, I think I think where Salah is right now is when Robin was at his best, you knew what he was gonna do, but you couldn't stop him. And that was that's what it's like with Salah now. It's like you know Robin's gonna go on his left foot and he's gonna score. And there's call you can do about it. And he's like that, but probably maybe even a level above because of what he does, you know, for the team as well. But every defender in the world knows what he's gonna do, but he still scores. I think uh, in general, John, it's it's a good performance from mm. Liverpool. As Ian says, there is a lot of seven out of tens, but what there is is Liverpool being able to to go to a level in in fifteen, twenty, thirty second bursts, and that'll 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 stand them in good stead with what's coming next. I think it's fair to say, you know, it is going to be. We know it's a congested period. You can overstate it at times, but they do play. You know, twelve thirty against Leeds and eight eight pm uh, two days later against Leicester. They're gonna have to be able to to find those bursts. I think between now and the end of the campaign, and, and they look like they're coming to that boil on top of all the other boils of the brilliance that we've talked about. Yeah, the 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 getting a bit better are they are playing in sort of third and fourth gear. I think you know a few of us used to say about this Liverpool team that unless they're sort of you know right at the top, you know what I mean. There's, and maybe even earlier this season. Yeah, yeah, there was times certainly where, happened, where yeah where, where it happened. But I think that you know they, they look like the the managing games better as much for them really because you know there's there's obviously t- two ways of staying fresh, isn't there? There's rotating a lot, or there's you know 
the players you know managing themselves through games really and I think you know that one I think Jürgen would, would almost sort of prefer really you know if we could have a quiet 30 where the lads come up the pitch and go oh, that wasn't too bad that's you know what I mean I, I, I feel like I can go again or he can make subs and things like that I think he'd, he'd almost prefer that than sort of wholesale changes sort of all the way over Christmas because he likes the rhythm he likes them, them feeling good he, he, you know he's, he talks a lot about rhythm doesn't he and, and, and you know so I think the ideal for us is is a sort of a few as changes you know as possible yes there will have to be some and, and we all sort of you know accept and know that but I think he preferred to minimise them and the way you do that is you know getting well ahead in games and being able to take people off you know it was, was, was the case sort of against Everton or you know having you know having games where like you say you know you, you, you're choosing your moments you're choosing your moments in best and you're not sort of you know playing you know the heavy metal football that Mike talked about for the whole thing sort of for, for the 90 and, and if we can do that I think other teams will struggle more because what you know, we always say as well as Liverpool are more used to it. Do you know what I mean? We're playing in Europe, we're going deep in cup competitions, which is nice. You know, whereas with the other teams who are sort of a bit more used to one game a week are suddenly going, do you know what I mean? Now, hang, hang on a minute, you know, we've, and then we've got to play Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're in well, a better position to deal with it. On that, in a second, we'll talk about Newcastle United. I watched them against Leicester and I can't believe they're going to have to play Liverpool after they did against <laughs> Leicester. It feels like it could almost be unfair. Uh, subscribe to the Anfield app if you haven't had the chance to do so. Liverpool flying at the moment, you know that. Uh, on all fronts, Salzburg to come as well. Uh, and that League Cup game against Leicester uh, next week. It's everything uh, that you could want from a season at the moment. And it is a scrap at the top, all three sides won. Uh, all with penalties as well, which people are trying to whip up into a little bit more of a frenzy than I think it necessarily needs to be. I think you spend a lot of time in penalty areas, you're going to get more penalties. It's the way in which a lot of this stuff works, uh, it is fair to say. But regardless, theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe for that. Download the app. Uh, all the other stuff as well, and through Spotify and YouTube, if you want to have a little look through those uh, ways of doing it as well now. Anyone else watching Newcastle against Leicester? Yeah. Just fine, if not. I saw some really poor lowlights. <laughs> it's, I'll come to you first, then on the lowlights, and then Ian on the lowlights. Um, Leicester set up a lot like Liverpool, um, and marmalised them uh, every single time they attacked it looked like Newcastle couldn't cope with it in front the screen in front of the back four and I mean this with the greatest of respect it's not a punchline the screen in front of the back four was John Joe Selby and Joe Willock this is you know you can criticise those centre-halves Mike and my god we might end up doing that mm. but the screen in front of them is John Joe Shelby and Joe Willock and every single time Leicester went forward like, they, they, Leicester don't play particularly well no, they, they win 4-0 and it looks like they could just cut through them whenever they want yeah they're really bad at the back I mean they are shockingly bad they don't they look like players who aren't really premiership players to be honest with you they're very slow on the turn they're yeah. leaden-footed um, they're not going to be looking forward to playing us but like like you said Le Leicester didn't do much really um, but yeah, there's some crap in that Newcastle team. Like real crap players. Joe Linton is shit. <laughs> That's really fair. Uh, yeah, I mean it wasn't great. Um, I saw quite a bit of the game, um, and yeah, you are looking at that team, and it, it, it does it does reek of the championship. Um, to be honest, he's got one hell of a job on his hands there. Uh, you know, the fullbacks aren't particularly great. You know, Mankio, I think played, doesn't he? I think Lewis is do the side um, in midfield. I mean, John Joe Shelby just hasn't got the legs. Um, he just hasn't got the mobility, uh, and you always feel with someone like Willick, he's better off a little bit further forward. So. Um, yeah, they're in for a tot of time, I think, on Thursday. But it, it does allow Liverpool to, to look at it. And I, I take John's point. I don't want to see loads and loads of change because I think we are better as a team when we're in rhythm. But it's 
there's the flexibility there to maybe say to Chamberlain, well, you can go again because we're going to, we're going to take Thiago out and give him a rest with Spurs on the horizon. If Divock Origi's fit, it feels like a good game for, to give Divock Origi some minutes because we are going to need him at some point over the Christmas period and he's been in really good form as well. Um, and then maybe you do something at centre-half and say to Joel Matip, listen, we want you for Spurs. Canarsi comes in for this one. So Liverpool can do that without making us that much weaker. So Newcastle could be in all kinds of trouble. It's the first thing to say, John, is that this can sound like it's remarkably confident. Firstly, we've got every right to be the run that we're on. Secondly, genuinely, this is probably Liverpool's second easiest remaining league fixture, uh, that or Norwich, and it's much the much. And it looks like Norwich have tightened up certainly a bit more than mm. Howe's managed to tighten up Newcastle so far. Newcastle might also be a different position proposition come February and March if they if they do manage to invest in January. But there are fewer and. You know, it would be a huge. Normally, I'd, you know, you've got to find a way to shrug your shoulders and say sometimes it doesn't go for you. If, if Liverpool don't win this game, it is it is the biggest clangor of three points dropped I can possibly conceive of. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game Sunday, but it was a nice reminder just to where Newcastle are just before we played because obviously they got four points from the from the, the previous two sort of league games really. And you know, we speak to obviously Alex Hurst and the dude on the, on the, the coach home, and he was like, "Oh, maybe you know, Leicester struggling. Maybe we can go there and get something." And then they get it sort of absolutely walloped away. So it's a nice reminder of, of, of Newcastle's sort of level, and it's funny in a way because we we draw twice with Newcastle last season, don't yep. we? And, and the home one, you know, Willick scores sort of right at the end, and it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a that honourable one that was, and it behind closed doors, and 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 then and then sort of yes, the game at their place was horrible as well. Yeah, failed fail to beat them, but in a funny sort of way. And look, I, I'm. I know why they've swapped the manager, but they're almost better coming with Steve Bruce on Thursday because, you know, Eddie Howe, when we used to play Bournemouth at home, I was yeah. always like, it's right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and no matter what Bournemouth side came and how well they were doing, I thought, yeah, because they're going to come and play, they're going to have a bit of a go and, and, mm. and we'll be fine here. And, you know, save for that one mad game away where where, yep. where, the, where the, we, we just sort of throw it away. And, it, uh, we you know, we we always felt like we had them, do you know what I mean? You know, Bournemouth, because cause they do they do a sort of allow you to play really. And so, you know, I don't think you'll come mad open at Anfield, but I don't think you'll necessarily do what you saw sort of, you know, the last two teams we played sort of do against us really. And I think that'll play into our hands as well. So you're right, Neil, without being sort of too arrogant, it all points to a to a, to a good night and a good Liverpool win. They look to me like they couldn't handle pace coming from uh, wide areas into central areas. And they're about to play Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, and I was genuinely—I was watching them, thinking that Harvey Barnes genuinely, absolutely murders them about four or five times That's on right. the left hand side. So, there's so much space in between their players. There's, we're going to love that, aren't we? I mean, I think Eddie Howe is a bit like John Joe Shelby. Like in his head, he's boss. Do you know what I mean? And he like he picks he picks teams that are. In his head, that's going to be the way to play this game, as opposed to being pragmatic and what have I got? Do you know what I mean? It's what you're saying. Mm. If they come, they should put eleven men behind the ball, basically, when they play on us, but he won't. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. John Joe Shelby should play a short pass, but he doesn't. He thinks he's a Dan, doesn't he? John Joe Shelby should not start the game, but it looks yeah. as though there's every chance that he will. He should. Well, he'll take someone out though. He's a dickhead. Well, that, no, that, that 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 genuinely, if you're asking me about my concerns about the game, Ian, mm. I'm not, I don't just mean John Joe Shelby. It's solely the idea that if Liverpool do become as dominant as there's a chance they do within the mm. game, there could be a bit of irresponsibility in there. I'm not just saying Shelby. Mm. There's a couple of those Newcastle players who you've seen throw throw yeah. the odd one in here and there. And that is my sole concern about the match. And that's weird. It should be about the three points. And maybe people play this back on Friday and I'll look like an absolute idiot. But Liverpool, for me, you know, whatever team they pick, and I will go relatively strong uh, and look to get people off uh, from the point of view of having an eye on Tottenham. But they should be, they should be far, far, far too much for Newcastle to live with. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think you're right. I think when you've got a golfing 
in class between two teams, then automatically you think, well, their only way home might just be to try and rough us up a little bit. But I mean, that's not really an Eddie Howe team in fairness. Um, but when you have got someone like a loose cannon like Shelby, he is liable just to lose his head if he's if the ball's just getting passed around him and stuff. And I think that's why I just I just maybe take someone like Thiago out because I'm always thinking about kind of his fitness and stuff. And I think he's he's proven to be so important at the minute in terms of, you know, that relationship with Fabinho and stuff. It's starting to flourish. I don't think it was particularly his best game at the weekend, but I still think he there was still flashes there. He still did enough. Um, and you want him for spares. So I would be making maybe two, three changes tops. Um, and the reason I mentioned Origi, I mean, listen, Jota may be fit to start. I don't know where Firmino is in terms of um, fitness, but it, it just feels like it, if you are going to give Divock one, you'd rather be giving him Newcastle at home than say spares away, which you know you want, you, you want your big lads back for our, uh, all your big hitters. And obviously there is Leicester on the horizon as well. So he's got a little bit of maybe jiggery-pokery there and stuff. Um, but it feels like Liverpool have got more than enough making two or three changes to take this Newcastle team to the absolute sore because, there was nothing there and even the previous performance they get the win against Burnley uh, it's not great no it's not great at all and I think Burnley do have opportunities and stuff um, and it's probably a little bit hard lines on the day I mean you're talking about two very very poor teams at the bottom of the table um, but as John said and he's right to reference the Bournemouth stuff it always felt like they played into your hands it always felt like the system lent itself to how Liverpool want to play they give you space they give you an opportunity they want to try and play a little bit from foot it all points to play into our hands scoreline prediction 4-0 I go 3-0 just because I think we'll, we'll ease off 4 Excellent stuff. I'd have gone four as well, so uh, it's gone there, and I'm also doing the ease off thinking. All seriousness, <laughs> uh, I think that's well, like old Trafford. Yeah, the other the other thing I think there's a chance of, and genuinely, I'd right, really, really say this. Just what I saw there at Leicester against against Newcastle, I think there's a chance that either of the wide lads get a hat trick. Mm. Uh, either of them could just find themselves getting in over and over and over again, and they could really, really punish. Uh, I think there's a really good chance either of the wide lads get a hat trick. Anyway, thank you very much indeed, Andy Heaton, for producing. Uh, the good people of UEFA for drawing Salzburg up against Liverpool and starting us the show off there. Uh, thank you very much to Mike Gerling, reminding us the global situation. Good on you, Swiss Mike. Uh, thank you very much to John Gibbons, and thank you very much indeed to Ian Ryan. Liverpool remain on the march, absolutely on the march. They should bounce into and skittle Newcastle. Uh, this season is only just getting started.